banana. I hated him. I you. Oh, thank you. I've been wanting this banana since we got here. I forgot I even had them until I looked to my left. Oh, man, this banana's sticky. I love it when they're this, like, a little bit brown, sweet. Do you eat the devil's nipple? What did you just say to me? Do you... <laughs> All right, where were we? Um, <laughs> you don't just continue where we left off. Why not? Yeah. Uh, By the way, Gio's gonna try to project his voice a little bit more because nobody can ever hear him. I'm gonna do try. The intro. I'm gonna try. Uh, and we're back, baby. Is that what you wanted? Uh, that's all I wanted to hear. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is the Double Team Podcast with uh, Giovanni and Yaroslav. And um, yeah. And that's about it. So we we're going to continue. All right, you guys, see you next week. <laughs> All right. We were actually just talking. So what happens is before we start the podcast, uh, we start talking about all this really fun, all these really fun things. Yeah. And then we waste all our good material on the non-podcast conversation. Oh, wait, let's do it. Wait, we, we got to do this, by the way. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Want to do it Wait, hold on. Before, before we do this, I want to say that this episode is going to be interesting. I'm very excited for it because I woke up. You know, sometimes when you're really tired and you wake up early mm-hmm. and then and you, you got, still got all this energy, yeah. but it wears off soon. So right now I'm super hyper. I don't know if you can tell. Somewhere in the podcast, you're going to crash. Oh, yeah. But, but look, have I'm no super fear. hyper. And on He's top got of a this, self- I got Celsius. a Celsius. That's yes. Right. So I'm hyper, and on top of that, Celsius, let's do the pop. At the same time, or? Hold, for those you? of you that know me, I, I am the worst at opening these. I have no fingernails. By, by these, he means cans. There you go. Nice cans. There you go. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. There you go. Oh, you know what? This tastes <sighs> like gas station coffee, because it is. There you go. Right. T- this tastes like gas station Celsius. It's from a gas station. I'm not going to taste it, but... Why don't you taste it? Take a little sippy sip. <coughs> oh, that's good. Uh, well, it went listen, down, it went listen, down the wrong since we, If we're looking for sponsors, we should be uh, sponsored by Celsius. <coughs> by some- the way... This is the most riveting beginning of any podcast episode we've recorded yet. I called riveting it. Riveting shit. I called it. Listen, uh, we were talking before we started this riveting beginning. Yeah. We were talking about... What were we talking about? You, you say it. Well, we were trying to come up with interesting beginnings to a podcast, telling stories, whatever. And it worked so far. This is great. <laughs> and... Um, and I thought about this kid that, you know, we smoked a cigar last night by we, I mean, me, my dad, my dad's friend, neighbor, who's across the street. And his kid, his name's Kyle, joined us. And he looks exactly like you would expect. Like a Kyle? A Kyle who lives in a country club to look like. Oh. He goes to FAU, went Whoa. to Jupiter High. Oh. Wears a golfing shirt. That's like, a, that's like all the planets are aligning right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of satisfying. Kyle is satisfying. I just hope he doesn't become a date rapist because that would be too stereotypical. I mean, that's the last planet to join the solar system. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Cue the intro music. Eyes. <laughs> 
All right. Um, so yeah, where was I? I was talking about uh, that kid Kyle. Yeah. And uh, Kyle. Uh, yeah, Kyle. Don't become a date rapist. You already look like. He also plays lacrosse. Are you gonna show him this? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I hope we have a sense of humor, Kyle. Kyle, come on our podcast. We'll yeah. make fun of you to your face. <laughs> this kid's a good kid. And we were sharing stories about Jupiter High, and apparently it's gotten even more stereotypical since when we attended that school. Yeah. Um, when we went, it was so... St- I mean, it was the most motley crew you can think of. Um, I did not mean to say motley crew. That was not intended. Um, but, um, you know, you had at lunch, you had... Or not even at lunch, just when you walked into the school in the lobby, you had the blacks, they would congregate in one area of the lobby. Uh, And then the Hispanics, they all had little factions. It wasn't just a group of Hispanics. You had Cubans, Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, and Dominicans. And they all kind of clung in their own sub-faction within the Hispanic group. Yeah. Now, if push came to shove, which it did one time, I don't know if you remember... When there was that huge fight in the atrium. I forgot they called it the atrium. That just came out of my mouth. I kept saying the lobby, but it was called the atrium. Um, And they had the huge fight. Do you remember that? I vaguely remember it. It's vague for me, too. I'm going to be editing out that F word. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, We got to learn how to bleep. Just do little bleeps, you know? And maybe you can even put, like, a funny sound bite over the Like in Spongebob, the... Yeah, but we could do like a like an NBA player's iconic, uh, like practice. You could just put practice over yeah. the yeah. Okay. Um, bang! Yeah, so, bang! There you go. <laughs> yeah, man, I like that. Yeah. Uh, and so Kyle was talking about how now you know we had like the emos and the goths at lunch, and then by the way, like, my my favorite group of uh, people. In in high in the my whole high school experience, they were just so interesting to look at. A sidebar: When we were in astronomy class, there was a <laughs> there was you remember that? Yes, there was. <laughs> that was who I was thinking of. When I went, you you guys can't see it, but I almost interrupted Yaroslav because I was thinking of this kid you're about to talk about. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, I don't know exactly how this came about. But and his name was, oh, dude. I don't remember. It was Kyle. His name was, was Kyle, dude. Yeah. The long hair, right? The super long Are hair. Are you talking about Kyle Tall? Yeah. Dude, that Kyle Tall was my dog. I love Kyle, Kyle. Tall was the he wasn't, shit. He wasn't one of the emos. He was, he was just like a guy with long hair. I know, but he also wore lots of dark colors. I initially yeah. thought that he was like an emo or a goth. But and I realized that, no, he's yeah. an individual. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't belong to any group. He's, really he's a lone wolf, man. When I worked at Publix, he used to come to Publix all the time. And he would just be like, oh, what's up, man? How you doing? And like, we weren't even that tight in uh, high school. But anyways, wow. these, these kids in our astrology class, we were yeah. doing some sort of I don't remember. It was a presentation, and they got up, yeah. and there was like four or five of them, and they're all dressed in these long black clothes, yeah. and one girl had like purple hair, pink hair, or something like yeah. that. Violet, we'll say violet. They all had like raccoon eyes, and they're like, "We're gonna do Michael Jackson's Thriller." Oh my god! So there's no music or anything. Dude, so I they can't. start. They start like making like cat claw hands that you guys can't obviously the thriller the thriller hands. yeah Yeah. so but it it was it just wasn't it wasn't thriller it wasn't it just looked like it wasn't choreographed at all it was it was like cats the musical but like emo goth edition yeah both no that's an insult to cats the musical (laughs) 
<laughs> Cats the Musical is very well choreographed. It's a legend on Broadway. Has zero plot to it, but it's still you know an all time yeah. musical. Do not see Cats the movie, however, because that is it looked terrifying. It actually, is, it's it's hard to talk about. It wasn't Taylor. It's Swift like an acid movie? trip. It's an acid trip, but a terrible one. I've never taken acid, uh, I, I, but I, I, I can I, I can only imagine. Um, so, anyways, yeah. Wow, I forgot about that whole thriller yeah, thing. Wow, it was great. I miss Kyle Toll. Kyle Toll was the man, dude. But anyways, um, yeah, this kid that Kyle, not Kyle Toll, but Kyle, the neighbor's kid from last night, Kyle, the 19-year-old, the date rapist. He's not a date rapist, but, you know, need to clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> but he was talking about how now it's even worse, not worse, but more stereotypical. There's like the transgender group, and they identif- they're in high school, and they're identifying as transgender. That is crazy to me. That's, un- that's crazy. Um, and then there's also the LGBTQ group, and they identified like you can't eat with them, you can't have lunch with them, just all unless of them, you're part of them. All of them mixed together. Yeah. Just all the L, the G, the B, the T, the Q, just all, all the of letters, them together. Yep. All the letters, yeah. We should start. <laughs> I just thoroughly feel bad for our listeners. Well, you know, we get so much feedback and they all, they range from all over the place. Some people have told me like, uh, one of the, Timmy and Tommy, who's one of the guys that I've uh, sent the podcast to, they're twins. I forget which one it was that said it to me, but they said uh, to talk more about basketball um, and to focus less. And they, they encouraged me talking about the past. So, ha. You I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just we we both have different styles. Right. I mean, it would be boring if we all talked about the same thing. Yeah, yeah, especially. If I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna state Jay my Crowder, son. dude. Any well, well, Celtics fans that's listening to it, do, tell Geo that Jay Crowder is one of the most underrated Celtics. I am not saying time. that he's not, but of all time, of all time, dude. Of all time. The Celtics have such a deep history. Yeah, and they're all, all time. And they're all rated or overrated. I would say many of the, the in the past are overrated, but some are underrated. Some of them are underrated. I would even go so far as to say Bill Russell might be underrated. Because so mm. many players, so many, what? so many kids around our age, in our generations and the younger generations think no. Bill Russell is six foot nine. He played in the era a bunch of like slow white dudes, whatever. Dude. Rings don't lie. Well, yeah. I mean, I agree. No, I agree with you. Dude, Bill. But- they see Bill Russell's like at every single NBA game. He's like he should be the logo. He's like the 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 logo in person. Who should be the logo more? Kobe Bryant or Bill Russell? Kobe Bryant. I agree. I signed the petition to make Kobe Bryant. I did Bryant. too. Yeah. 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 Anyways, let's 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 continue the, the the game we had. Listen, I thought I was gonna be doing editing last episode, but I just said whatever. So. Um, <laughs> Where did we leave off? Uh, I think it was the Knicks, actually. I did the Bulls. It oh, was, you did the Knicks. It was the we left. So, we ended with the Knicks. Okay, so my it's my turn. So I, my next one was going to be Cavaliers. And for those of you that don't remember or just listening to this now, it's uh, we're going to do three things for every team. We're going to do the mo- our favorite player from the current team, our favorite player like an old timer or like a legend. <laughs> Gio's making a bird face at me. And the third most underrated of all time. So the next team that we're going to do is the Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavaliers. Fascinating team with a fascinating history. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're, 
All right, go ahead. So I'm gonna let you say yours. Then. My two favorite, my two favorite players that I came down to is a uh, not much to choose from. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Love and Kevin Porter Jr. Kevin Porter Jr. was a rookie last year. Oh, we're talking about current players. I was like, current wait, players. are you saying underrated? I was, I was about to backhand you. Kevin Love is my underrated for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Really? Yeah, 100%. And I stand by that. Of the whole history of the Cavaliers. Yeah. You go with Kevin Love. What do you want me to, what do, you want me to do? Larry Nance Sr.? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Dude, everybody... Dude. Uh-huh. Hold on, let me. Let, I'll get go to ahead, that. Go ahead, My go favorite ahead. is Kevin Love because he's underrated. Because nobody appreciates how good of a shooter he's become, how good defensively he is. He just he just shows up and he just does. His, he's one of those. He just does his job. Before he got, before he, I have a, I have a story about Kevin Love actually. Tell so, me, hey, tell me a story about Kevin Love. So the Wolves <laughs> in two thousand six drafted uh, Brandon Roy, and flipped him. For Randy Foy, Foy, Foyer, Randy Foyer and Cash. Okay. So the Randy guy became a nobody. Brandon Roy ended up becoming the Rookie of the Year. Two years later, the Grizzlies drafted Love and sent him to the Wolves right. for O.J. Mayo, which seemed like a good idea. Because O.J. Mayo was supposed to be the... I don't know if you remember. He was supposed to be, like, the next LeBron James. Yeah. Like, the next Michael yeah. Jordan, the next LeBron James, whatever. Which is... He, he, that, that season, 2008, he came in second in uh, Rookie of the Year voting at 18.5 points per game. And Kevin Love averaged, like, 10 a game. And, like, he wasn't didn't really do a lot. Mm-hmm. And then um, the Grizzlies got screwed because O.J. Mayo, like... Sucked and then got like arrested for like drug possession or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what a waste. But um, Kevin Love ended up becoming one of the greatest uh, Timberwolves of all time. And in his last season in Minnesota, I don't know if you know, but he averaged 26, 14, and 4. He was like a, like a force in Minnesota. And then obviously having to become like a Chris Bosh type of thing. Right. He averaged, ended up averaging like 17 and 8 as like a to, to LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, which is pretty good for being third with LeBron James on your team. Yeah. That's pretty good. He just played a role. And I still feel like, I mean, he's older now, but I just, I'm really curious to see what would happen if Kevin Love stayed on the Timberwolves. Um, maybe they would have gotten him some help. There, uh, but that's a franchise that's not yeah, yeah, really yeah. known. What if for- he stayed with the Grizzlies? The Grizzlies are an interesting team, like organization, because they've had moments and like little blips in NBA history where we thought, wait a minute, are they like assembling a championship contending team? And then like the next season, like some injury happens or they trade away a player for some reason. And then, no. Like, remember that team with Michael Con- Mike Conley? Um, who's the. the- Marcus Gasol was on the team, and uh, who's the guy? He was like the do-it-all player. Uh, he was the rough-and-tumble player. Um, Zach Randolph? Zach Randolph, yeah. That was not a bad team. They were no. They they were a tough team to beat. Zach Randolph might be one of the most underrated players of all but time. He had such a short like prime where he was effective on the court. That's why people forget about him. He was like, you know, not as great as Sean Kemp, but Sean Kemp had a pretty short prime because he didn't take care of his body. It's like, 
maybe if Zach Randolph had taken care of himself, his career would have been better. I don't know. But, but Zach Randolph is one of those guys that I, for the my underrated. I'm going off like I like the underrated players that like just give it all, like just like live on the floor for loose balls and stuff like that. Right. You know, and Zach Randolph was that player. He, and Mark you, Price, that's the guy I was trying to think of for the Cleveland Cavs. Yeah, you sent you sent me a thing about him. But anyways, uh, just to finish off, my uh, my favorite uh, old-timer for the Cleveland Cavaliers, take a wild guess. You better say LeBron James. Uh, he's, not, he's not an old-timer. He's not like a legend. Oh, wait, did you say old-timer or all-time? No, like old, like legend. Oh, old-timer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, yeah, not LeBron. Mark Price? I don't know. Who? It's like Druna Solgaskis. That's a good pick. Dude. That's a good pick. I love Zydrunas Ogasco. What is it with you and, like, tall, awkward, white I European love players? tall, white, awkward, European, weird name that. players. That should be play at the very beginning of the podcast, on loop. Yeah. You know how you did with me? How I got beat by a 15-year-old? That should be it. That's the best episode. That's the best. That's the number one ranked episode. We so. even got a review out of that. Whoever that palm mom... Who could that be? Palm Mom. Who is Shout that? Shout out Palm Mom. Palm Mom. Yeah. Uh, um, who's next on me? Who am I? 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 Oklahoma City Thunder. I hate the Thunder for those of you that don't know. I feel bad for the Thunder. I don't. I really feel bad for the I Thunder. I don't at all. They that, had three MVPs on their team. Yeah, but you got to no, look at the context, dude. dude. Look at the context. No, I'm not all of them, the context. All of them had the ability. The the Dude. Do they have the James ma- Harden is your sixth man. Yeah. Yeah. Serge Ibaka is your center. Yeah. They Kevin were- Durant and Russell Westbrook are your two offensive options. They were How do you all, not win? They were all young as shit. They were so young and inexperienced. Okay, so you wait a year. You wait two years. LeBron leaves. You win for the next, like, ten years. Yeah, yeah I mean, but they didn't know that. They didn't know that James Harden Yeah, that's where they're blossom. stupid. James Harden would not have blossomed. They knew. Into they knew. what he is now had he stayed Dude, in Dude, the next year after they traded him for nothing, might I add, yeah. th- he became a superstar. The next year. Yeah. I still feel bad for them because they, like, they didn't know, know that they had the winning hand. They really didn't know. And how could you know that that KD would become the all-time great superstar? He was great in Oklahoma, but he didn't mature until he left Oklahoma. And that's the thing that I will fault Oklahoma. He didn't Oklahoma mature until he left Oklahoma for the seventy-three and nine Warriors. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? He didn't mature until he made the worst decision. In NBA history. And brought a lot of scrutiny on him. And became the most hated NBA yeah. player, which is hard to do. You'll mature. James was very hated. Very. Well, that, but not because he left Cleveland, because of how he left Cleveland. No yeah. one faulted him for leaving, leaving Cleveland. Because yeah. Cleveland was terrible, the way they treated him. Yeah, it was a douche move. Yeah, but the, the way he did it was a little bit tacky and whatever, you know. Even though the televised, whatever it was called, the decision was all for charity. Still, it was a bit, like, you know, whatever, frowned upon. And then they had the whole stage thing where they had, the they had like, you know, fireworks going off. And yeah. not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Not, dude, 
you should probably cut it at four. Most people don't even get beyond four, dude. You know? Yeah. Uh, but anyways. Uh, yeah. For my favorite past player, that, it's a... it's a Was friend. it Magic? Orlando? Oh, Thunder. Okay, Thunder. Okay, sorry, see, sorry. Yeah. For my favorite past player, I think... I, you know, I wrote down Kevin Durant, but I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that to Gary Payton. Because they were the Supersonics before. Gary Payton, he doesn't get he doesn't get talked about enough. People think of him as just like a um, a one dimensional player, like he's only playing defense. Like no, like he orchestrated that offense with Sean Kemp. Without him, there would be no you know pre lob city because they were like the first real lob city of just like pick and roll lob, and Sean Kemp is going to catch that thing and slam it. If, I have a question, if Chris Paul and Blake Griffin played Gary Payton and Sean Kemp two-on-two, who would win? Chris Paul, Blake Griffin. Absolutely. Are you, yeah. Well, because Chris Paul's a... a, And they're primes. Everyone's in their prime. No, I know, but Chris Paul is still a much better player than Gary Payton. Gary Payton's a better lockdown perimeter defender. So why wouldn't he lock down Chris Paul? Um... I mean, when Blake Griffin's setting picks on you, that... Sean Kemp is a big mom. Here's the difference, though, is that Gary Payton could not shoot the way Chris Paul could. Chris Paul, so... Yeah, but is Chris Paul going to shoot when Gary Payton's got his, like, hand up his nose? I don't know. I don't know. That'd be a good two-on-two. I would love to see That'd that. That'd be a great two-on-two. I would also say I think Blake Griffin's probably more skilled than Sean Kemp. Now he is, yeah. Yeah. His Blake... footwork is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And he's a good shooter now. Yeah, that too. I wish Sean he wasn't Kemp as injured. Really if he was. wasn't as injured, he'd be like a top like ten That's player. A, talk about world. a player who you feel bad for. Because yeah. there was a moment. There was like a four-year stretch where you're like, this guy's going to win a championship. Yeah. With Chris Paul and uh, Andre. and Even last year when he, he, he wasn't that injured last year. No. And he was tearing. He was on my fantasy team. Yeah. I drafted him like fifth overall. And everyone was like, man, like Blake Griffey's going to get her in the first like five games he's yeah. not, not gonna you know he's on the pistons his production is gonna dip and i was like yeah. watch this dude the average like the first like 20 games yes. was like 30 points a game yes but on the pistons so i so, always i always put an asterisk next to a player's numbers when they're on a terrible team because like like, like bradley, bradley beal yeah you know like he's putting up insane numbers but he has to pick up the slack he's on a terrible team so yeah but you know um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Gary Payton for my favorite past Oklahoma City slash Supersonics player. Favorite present player? I mean, Chris Paul. Do I need to talk about how amazing Chris Paul is? It's Chris Paul is Chris Paul. I, He's a I don't top think there's five a, yeah. point guard of all time, yeah. maybe even top three. Yeah. Um, the only thing holding him back is a championship, which I really hope before his career ends that he gets because... I feel like he'll get it. He, dude, he I has so much pull. He's he's had so much pull. So even if he's like about to retire, I feel like he'll go to to the winner. Which is kind of like just, that would suck though. Yeah, you know? yeah, but he'll get a ring. A ring is a ring. You know, Gary Payton won be, a ring with the Lakers. No, wait, no, he didn't. No, what, that was the year with Carl Malone, and he uh, has he has a championship with, with the, the Heat. Heat. That's right. Yeah, Carl Malone actually almost went to the Heat before going to the Lakers. Fun fact. I, I used to have a poster on my wall. That, that team, that Lakers team with Shaq, Kobe, Gary Payton, Carl Malone, uh, Robert Ory was on that team. If I is it Ory or Hori? I don't. Who cares? Hori. Big that, Shot Bob. That was his nickname. He was a. That's another underrated player. Yeah, I love Very Robert. Ory, uh, Ory. <laughs> yeah, I I would 
There's so many point guards that have not won a championship. It's sad. Steve Nash never won. I would call Mr. 50-40-90, that dude. He averaged yeah. more seasons 50-40-90 than any other player. Yeah. You know. Anyways, uh, favorite, most underrated? I mean, I was about to say Sean Kemp. I don't know if he's underrated, though. How about Serge Ibaka? I was about to say Ibaka, yeah. Because I was looking at what I wrote down, but now that I think about it, Ibaka is a bit underrated. But Ibaka won with the Raptors, so. And he was integral to that that win, so I don't know if he's underrated. What was she looking at? Uh, Well... Are you done? I'm done. Yeah. Okay, so my next one's going to be that. I'm going to try to speed it up because we're taking forever. Yeah. But uh, my next one is the Mavericks. Uh, I've always kind of been eh toward the Mavericks just because, I mean, Luca kind of in, invigorated everything. Um, my, yeah. He's definitely by far my favorite player on the well, Mavericks had, right now. They had Steve Nash at one point with Dirk at yeah. the same time. Yeah. So. Steve Nash's career is weird. I... I find it weird how he like flip-flopped between like the Mavericks and the Suns a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. But um yeah, but so my question to you is uh I was listening to my favorite NBA podcast the other day, the the Ringer with uh mm. Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon. But uh they one of the things they said is they were doing like hot takes, like super hot takes and mm. um Kevin O'Connor scalding scalding hot takes. So we're just going to keep it moving. Um, one of the super hot takes that he had was by the time that Luca is done in the NBA, say he has like a 15, 16, 17-year career. Yeah. What you think he will? Do you think this – is, this is the question. Do you think it is crazy to assume that – do you think it is crazy to put the possibility out there that he will be on the Mount Rushmore of basketball? Oh, man, that's tough. Oh, man. It entirely depends on how well Mark Cuban does his job in surrounding him with the necessary talent. And that's no small feat. And this is crunch obviously. time for Mark Cuban. Yeah, but I like, mean... he. This is his but opportunity. He had, but he has to play the long game, too. He has a young superstar, Luka. He has to surround Luka with an equally, not too young of a team, but not too old... You can't keep rebuilding the team every time a player retires or gets yeah. injured or whatever. So you have, you have to have a team in the 23- to 27-year-old range all talented enough to build the team chemistry and get to championship contending level within three to four years. Otherwise, Luca will get disinterested in, in Dallas and try to look elsewhere and get paid a shitload of money wherever he goes. Yeah, And... In a probably better market. Though Dallas is a great city to live in. I visited when I was uh, a teenager. It's a great city. But, um, you know, if, say, an organization like Miami. We always talk about Miami, but that's only because, as an organization, you have Pat Riley. That's, you know, appealing enough to get interested. And then you, you live in Miami. The the culture of the heat, the training staff, everything. You know, that's a compelling offer for a guy like Luca. So it's like... Mark Cuban really has to like buckle down, do his job the best he's ever done it. Because I don't think he's ever seen a talent quite like Luca. He had Dirk. Dirk was an all-time great forward. But I don't think Dirk was as talented and skilled oh, no. as no. Luca is. Luca no. is like once-in-a-generation kind of a player. Yeah. Um, so 
And the good news for Mark Cuban is that Luke Luca is such a versatile player. He's not a one-dimensional player. Um, and he doesn't necessitate the offense to go entirely through him. So you can get really creative in how you assemble your team. So it's a bit easier on him than, say, surrounding a player like Giannis or LeBron. You have to surround both those guys with perimeter shooters and perimeter defenders, um, whatever. So I, I, I don't know. That's a tough question to answer. Maybe. I hope so. That'd be great. Well, he's got to um, – definitely he's got to fix his defense. Um, if he becomes, does he though? I don't know. Yeah, man. yeah, he does. Steph, in order to be on the mount, dude, you can't. It's like saying James Harden should be on Mount Rushmore because Steph is not a great defender. Steph is going to be on the he's Mount. A better Rushmore. defender than Stephen Curry is going to be on Mount Rushmore. On some kind of Mount that's Rushmore. That's a that's a that's a totally different thing. It's just Luca's a better. What Steph has, a, yeah. I don't want to say he's a better all around player than Stephen Curry. Because well, it kind of is. Here's the thing, though. Look, I say that. I'm going to play devil's advocate with what I just said. He kind of is, but then I hear myself. I'm like, wait. I mean, yeah, he rebound. He gets a lot of rebounds. But it's also in a league that's very spread out. There's more three-point shooting now, which means there's more long rebounds. So if you're a taller guy like Luke, who's 6'8", he remains on the perimeter, you're, it's, you're more likely to grab those longer rebounds than if it were a closer game, like in the paint. It's a lot tougher to grab rebounds in the paint with the bigger men. So I always put asterisks next to, like when Westbrook averaged a triple-double with the rebounds and all that. Yeah, you did that in a league with a lot of three-point shooting with a lot more easier rebounds to get at your position. Um, to me, it's more impressive, like an 80s, 90s, 2000s player, if they grabbed a lot more rebounds. So anyways, all that to say, um, I think Steph will be remembered as... Some kind of a Mount Rushmore player, like a definitely easily the greatest shooter that's ever lived. Yeah. So if you want to just talk about that one dimension. But Steph was surrounded with, this is what I'm talking about, Steph was surrounded with the perfect pieces. You think Steph will ever leave the Warriors? I don't think so. Why would he? Hold on. Go ahead. Um, Dirk is my old-timer. Yeah. My most underrated Maverick is Michael Finley. That's a great pick. It's a great pick. I, yeah, great I thought so pick. too. So his best season on the Mavericks, he had like a 14-year career. And he played, I think, on like the Rockets, on the Mavericks, on the Spurs. He played for Boston for a season. Mm. He played for like four or five teams. His best season was 22-6-5. and five. It's Pretty decent. That's really, yeah. really good. Yeah. He was a solid role player. Yeah, That's why he, he was, played for so many teams because he, he could fit in so many systems. Yeah. Um, what am I trying to say? Yeah, and like everybody just, he's one of those players that's definitely fell through the cracks and everybody forgot about, but he was just like a solid guy that was always just consistent. And those, like I, I keep saying, I love players like that and I just feel bad that, but you know, somebody's going to get forgotten. Yeah. Unfortunately, Michael Finley fell into that category. <laughs> All right, so next team for me is the Orlando Magic. Talk about one of the most frustrating teams ever. Yep. The amount of players that they've lost. Yeah. Um, favorite past player? T-Mac. 100%. Yep. T-Mac, who was basically what Kobe described as he was me, but three inches taller. He could do everything I could do, but three inches taller. If injuries hadn't uh, hindered him, 
Oh my God! You talk about you were asking me, will he be remembered? Will Luke be remembered as a Mount Rushmore player? T Mac absolutely would have been a Mount Rushmore player had he not had injuries. Had he had the yeah. the the luck that LeBron has had with his body and his genetics, Jesus man, T Mac was a he could do everything. He had the full package. All right. Anyways, favorite pe- present player. I left this blank. I didn't really. I wasn't. I'm not so super learned in the current roster. I mean, I know who's on the roster, but I don't know who's who is. I, I'm not. You know, I'm not familiar with the personalities on the team or who wants to watch a Orlando Magic game. I've, I haven't even seen many highlights. Or like, I know Marco Fultz is on it. I know Aaron Gordon. I hate Aaron Gordon. Why? <laughs> he. <laughs> Just so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just, just looks like a naked ro- mole rat. A little bit, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm gonna pick. I'll pick Mo Mo Bamba, because uh, number one pick, Muhammad Bamba. He's a pretty cool name too, Mo Bamba. But um, you think he's a bust, or you think he's gonna come into his own? He won't come into his own in in Orlando. That's for sure. Not with that roster. He could in I feel Orlando. Like he, could be, he could be like a DeAndre Ayton. He, I mean, he plays all, uh, very similarly to DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I but they're both but they're both on teams that not great teams where you won't get as much production for your for what you can offer. So, but I, I don't know. I say that, but it's like, well, then you got guys like like what I was saying before. If you like Bradley Beal, he's on a terrible team, but he still produces a lot. Because he, Mo Bamba's on a terrible team and he doesn't produce anything. That's what I'm saying. So I'm I'm playing devil's advocate with myself. I might be wrong about that. Maybe he. I don't know. It's hard. He's to tell. also he, been injured a lot. You know, you know what I think? I think he's going to have a career similar to um, who's the guy Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins in the first few years of his career was a super disappointment, and now he's kind of coming to his own a little bit. Nah. I, I don't think he's ever going to get better. I think he's kind of capped out a bit. But he's still a producer. That's why he's on the Warriors. You know, I don't think they'll. That's a, a good question. One. Do you think you think they're going to trade him once uh, everyone t- uh, returns? Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. He could be a really good producer. Dude, look for, for those of you that like think the Warriors are done. They're look, not. No. Draymond yeah. Green is still there. Steph Curry is still there. Um, what's the name? Clay Thompson is still there. They have like the one, two, or three pick in the NBA drafts. They're going to get a hey, solid, at least they got like a solid. to clean up all the... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they still have a you know pretty solid bench. They have the rookie, uh, Eric Pascal from mm-hmm. last season, who was averaging like 17 a game. Yeah. He's like in the rookie... Is it Pascal or Pascal? I don't know. Whatever. Nah. He, he Pretty funny looking guy. He's yeah. like a scrapper. But uh, anyways, I think if they kept Andrew Wiggins, it wouldn't be bad for the roster. I just think they they can flip him to like a really crappy team for like a draft pick or something that will help with their bench. Which, but if there's any organization that can that can turn him into a very um, productive player for their for their system, I think it's the Warriors, especially with Steve Kerr and all that. But why they like they don't need him. Plus, they don't need the distract. They already have like a fluid system. Andrew Wiggins is just like he'd be a great backup to Draymond. 
He'd be a yeah, great I backup. Guess. Yeah, you know? I mean, he can get points in bunches. It's just he's not very efficient and he's lazy. He's not, and but maybe the Warriors would make him less lazy. Maybe a championship. I mean that they had D'Angelo Russell, and that's who they traded for, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Well, you. Do you uh, but, I mean, you, you talk about D'Angelo Russell was on the Warriors. But you t- I know, but you talk about a player that they don't need. Why would you have? D'Lo around when you have Clay and Steph, two of the best shooters in the league. You don't need D'Lo. Why do you need Andrew Wiggins? Because what the Warriors lack is muscle down low. Wiggins can provide that in spades. They can get someone to do that that's not a lazy piece of crap. That's I agree. inefficient. I agree. Yeah. They could also get bigger, for sure. But... I think I think they're in a good position now for next season when they if God if the season returns. What are we? Who? We're not even doing the Warriors. Where are we? Uh, yeah, we're not even doing the Warriors. Yeah, but uh, I was just I just finished talking about the Magic. I pe- yeah I picked Mo Baba, most underrated player, Dwight. I'm gonna pick Dwight Howard. Most underrated. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm being serious because yeah. I think that people really. I mean, he kind of contributed to his own downfall did, yeah. in a way because of his personality and his ability to kind of sabotage his own career. People kind of overlook his significant tenure in Orlando. And he lost in the finals to Kobe. Dude, they, he so, took the team to the finals. I know. Listen, hold on. Listen to me say this. Yeah. Dwight Howard took the Orlando Magic to the finals. Yep. Where, I don't know if you remember Courtney Lee... The guy with a face mask like blew a wide open layup and lost one. I don't know what the series score was, but they had lost one game because of that stupid yeah, idiot. Yeah. But, but uh, he took the Orlando Magic to the finals. Yep. And he, in my opinion, next to Carl Malone and Shaq, one of the best. I mean, you could say 1A, 1B, 1C, really. Best pick and roll centers that's ever existed. Yeah. So athletic. Dwight so Howard. much more athletic than like Shaq or anyone else. Anyone else. Yeah. Any other center. Maybe you could put Wilt up there in the in the athletic center yeah. conversation. Sorry, I forgot about Wilt. Uh, He's definitely the most athletic. But uh, yeah. no, but That's I a mean, whole different story. but Dwight would give him a run for his money. Yeah, Dwight could grab the top of the backboard. Wilt versus Dwight. Oh, that's tough, man. I think Dwight was bigger. Wilt. Uh, I don't know though. Everyone. Always, there's all these like myths about how that'd be another topic of we could go over myths of. Past players, how true they could possibly be. Like, apparently, Wilt could bench press like 700 pounds. That's what he would say. You believe that, the guy? He also said he slept with 20,000 women. I'm more likely to believe that than you bench pressing 700 pounds. Dude, you're seven feet tall. There's no way you're benching that much. Shaq can't even bench that much. And look at Shaq. 700 pounds. Yeah. Anyways. All um, right, I'm done with the magic. Your turn. What am I? Uh, so, my next team, the Nuggets. My. You know, obvi- obvious uh, number one is that Jokic is my favorite player. Yeah, for sure. Very incredible to see the transformation that he's had. Uh, he was, when, fun fact, when he was drafted by the Nuggets, he was taking a nap in his apartment. After eating a box of McDonald's? Yeah, so he would drink a two liter of soda every Ugh. single day. Jesus. And he was just out of shape. He was sluggish. He looked sluggish. He didn't move a lot. He didn't... Uh, you know, run a lot, but he's just so skilled. He's one of the most skilled, like, players. He's kind of like a Charles Barkley in that sense. Except he's doing what Charles never did. He's getting in shape. He's taking his body seriously. Yeah, he's just, 
definitely one of the best. Last year, Charles Barkley. I don't mean in play style. I just mean in that sense. One of the best passers the league has ever seen, and he's slimmed down a lot over this break, quarantine, whatever you want to call it. Mm. So I'm excited to see if he like comes out. Like I told you, I made a joke that he's gonna come out. He looks like freaking KD. He's gonna start crossing people up and pulling up from three. And he's already a pretty good. He's like a 35 percent three point shooter. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy, but um, most um, I mean, one of my favorite old old timers. I was doing a bunch of research. Um, Alex English. Yeah. So that's my old timer, from 1981 to 1989, which was his prime. He was averaging 27.3 points a game, 5.4 rebounds a game, and 4.7 assists a game on 51.2 field goal percentage, and uh. He was averaging 0.1 threes per game. So without any threes, he was averaging close to 28 points a game. Uh, he, Alex, fun fact, and all the whole 1980s decade, he has the most points out of any player in the 80s decade. Wow. Yeah. So he's like one of the most forgotten uh, best scorers. He didn't play a lot of defense. Yeah, um, but many of the great offensive players yeah, matter. He was didn't. one of those. He had a super weird looking shot, um, like a lot of players. Like a lot of players. Did, yeah. yeah, it's just I. It was blew my mind about. I was watching all these uh, uh, highlights of them like shooting, and it's crazy. I don't know how it went in so consistently, but those those numbers, the twenty seven five and four, um, was very close to Kobe's numbers in Kobe's prime. I mean, it was a little bit, all of those were a little bit um, lower than Kobe's, but his field goal percentage was a lot higher than Kobe's, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's that, Alex English. And number three, which is my most underrated, is Chauncey Billups. Um, I could have put him on the Pistons, but I feel like he still made a really huge impact on the Nuggets, and people totally forget. Yeah, that he was on there. Just because I already have my uh, my lineup set for the Pistons, so I threw Chauncey Billups on the Nuggets. Right. You know, I was thinking one of the most underrated point guards of all time. My pick for the Nuggets for underrated player. I know it's not my team, so I don't want to step on your toes or anything. But Fat Lever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would. It's, it's he's not Fat Lever. Lever Lever whatever. Um, Leave it to Lever. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, but I would say he's probably the most underrated point guard in NBA history. I'm gonna go that far. Okay. I'm gonna read you some some fun facts about him. Six foot three, routinely led the Nuggets. Was he fat? No, very slim. I think that was part of his nickname. Yeah. Um, routinely led the Nuggets in assists and rebounds during the '80s. He was a triple double waiting to happen. A guard who could defend and swipe balls, unlike many of the top point guards in the league at that time. Um, and his best season occurred during the 88-89 season when he averaged 20 points, 9.3 rebounds, and 7.9 assists. This was also the year that he accumulated, accumulated nine steals in one quarter. Oh, my God. In one quarter, nine steals. I would like to see video of that. He, he's got to be considered – he should be considered a top five Denver Nugget of all time. But just no, no one outside of the, the Rockies – Gives this guy any respect to his name. So, you know, that's my pick for your Nuggets. Let's keep this ball rolling. My next team is the Philadelphia 76ers. So, I mean, yeah, that's another frustrating organization. Yeah, they suck. 
I mean, they won some championships with Dr. J. And, yeah, I don't care. Know. They suck. I hate them. Speaking of Dr. J, favorite pass player. Absolutely. Though I could have picked Allen Iverson. Oh, that's AI for me. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I have a hard time. So much swag. I have a hard time with AI, though, man. I really do. I, you know, he, I'm not, he changed the game. He revolutionized the game, whatever. But incredibly inefficient. One of the most inefficient players of all time. And he was in the most inefficient league at the time in the, in the 2000s. Very inefficient league. Uh, because of how slow the game was and all that. Even still, he was the most inefficient all-star. For every single all-star team he was selected to, always the most inefficient. Now I get it. You're in Philadelphia. You are the core of that team's offense. Everything goes through you. But you're also a point guard. You, I mean, he, you could say he was the first you know, point shooting guard or shooting point guard or whatever. Um, and he kind of popularized that position the way, and now Steph is really, he, he's made that a whole new thing, but I just have a hard time with him because he played very selfishly. He could have got his team together better and he could have united the team rather than, um, isolating himself from the rest of his team. And so I don't know. I have a hard time with him. Anyways, I'm picking Dr. J because he just simply because Dr. J provided the template for guys like MJ and Kobe yeah. to do what they did. Without yeah. Dr. J, MJ wouldn't have become MJ. I mean, MJ also had David Thompson as an He also idol, wore a necklace while playing basketball. Which is cool as shit. Yeah. That's very cool. Which is something you do. Um, and if we didn't have guys like MJ, then we wouldn't have had guys like Kobe or DeMar DeRozan or whatever. Um, <laughs> guys like Kobe and DeMar DeRozan. That play style I'm talking about. Yeah. That play style. I know, it's weird to hear that. Favorite present player? Don't ah. say it. I will punch you in the face. That should be my, like, okay, I thing. Know. I'm going to lean back right now because you are going to want to punch don't, me in the face. Don't say it, man. Joel Embiid. Ah, come on. Joel Embiid. No. It's controversial. Shame on you. you. Dude, you said Jay Crowder. Shut up, all right? (laughs) You're giving me like like the most evil death stare right now. Dude, whatever. I know it's controversial because, dude, I I don't even like the guy. I don't like him, but he has the perfect... The thing is, my favorite player. But on the current Sixers team, who else can I... Like, I'm not going to pick Ben Simmons. Josh Richardson. (sighs) Meh. Eh. Eh. But I'm not going to pick Ben Simmons because that guy annoys the hell out of me. It's funny because he's such a... When you look at him, he gives like interviews and you hear him talk and stuff. He's not annoying at all. No. It's just the whole like bubble surrounding... The whole like buzz surrounding Ben Simmons is annoying as hell. Yeah. And it's not his fault. When I hear hear people say he's the future LeBron James, they're like, no, he very well isn't. could be. Could be, but the difference is yeah. when LeBron came into the league, LeBron had a decent outside shot. Yeah. LeBron wasn't, people like to just remember LeBron as like, he just is a freight train, whatever. He could be a freight train, but he could also shoot the outside ball. Ben Simmons never had that, ever. Yeah. The fact that the Philly crowd gave him a standing ovation when he made his first three-pointer ever, that, dude, you gotta, oh my God. You got, it reminds me of like MJ said in the documentary. About how uh, Tony Kukoc, how he, he was a left-handed player, and how he, Kukoc never learned how to pass with his right hand. 
And MJ would go crazy. He was talking to Ahmad Rashad in the car because they were like good friends. And he was saying to Ahmad Rashad, like, dude, this guy Tony drives me crazy. If I knew I wasn't a good right-handed passer, what do you think I would do for a whole summer? I would practice only with my right hand. Ben Simmons, get your shit together, dude. It's so annoying how you are part but of... But he is, bro. He, there's so many videos of him in practice going around. The, and he's just drilling it and drilling it. Listen, practice hold on. is one listen, thing. Listen, listen, listen. Go ahead. He's drilling it and drilling it and drilling it and drilling it. Is he drilling it? He's drilling it, man. Yeah. He's drilling it. You know? <laughs> he He's not... I don't think he could... He can be a good shooter. He can become a good shooter. But he just... He just doesn't shoot. The shots that he, he took... he. He's made a couple threes in games. It's his confidence. That's the yeah. thing. Practice is one thing. You can make all the shots you and want in practice. And his teammates, like Joel Embiid, his, team, his other teammates are like, dude, shoot the ball. His dude. coaches, his GM is like, dude, shoot the ball. And he just doesn't do it. That's why I don't, like, the, it's not his fault at all. It's the freaking organization. That's why there's a piece of crap organization. Yeah. If I was, imagine if Pat Riley was like, hey, shoot the ball five times this game. If Ben Simmons didn't shoot the ball once, Pat Riley would be like, all right, you're sitting on the bench for the next half a season. Yeah. Yeah, no. They, That's it. That's it. You don't listen sucks. to me? Screw you. Star- I'm paying you $20 sorry, million. Dollars. Sorry, Stephen A. Smith, but the Philly organization sucks, and you know it. Not like Stephen A. Smith. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. This. But, listen, Embiid has the perfect template to inhabit the dominant center position and bring that dominant center position back in the way that Dwight Howard did in the, in the 2000s, 2010s. He could take over the league with his skill if he, he remains healthy and he does his job well. Like, I mean, it would be so likable if he just stopped being so unlikable. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah. shimmy, really? Dude, yeah, that is stupid as hell. But dude, he has the footwork to be like a bigger, more brick shit housey version of Hakeem Olajuwon. He has the footwork to do that. I wish, I wish. That's Joel why Embiid's, I picked him. That's why I wish I Joel him. Embiid's confidence to shoot threes went to Ben Simmons. If that one thing happened, I feel like the yeah. Sixers would be so good. I know. All right. So last thing, most underrated player, I picked <laughs> Hal Greer. I know Yaroslav does not like when I do this. Bump okay, let me knee. just let me read let me read what I wrote down. Okay, I freaked out and bumped my knee. Hal Greer, Hal Greer is widely considered the third best guard of the 1960s, behind Jerry West and Oscar Robertson. Greer was chosen at ten All Star games, winning one All Star game MVP, accumulated over twenty thousand points, and is ranked 29th on the all time scoring list. I also considered, <laughs> dude, shut up. <laughs> I also considered a player called Dolph Shays. <laughs> who was who played for the Syracuse Nationals, who then became the, the Philadelphia 76ers. Wow. Uh, wow. He averaged 18 points per game, 12 rebounds per game, and three assists per game. 12-time All-Star champion and made the All-Star All-Team. They called it the All-Team back in the day. The all-team 12 times. He led in points, rebounding, and assists at the second, first, and sixth position, respectively. Rank, not position. So, those are my most underrated Sixers players. Very riveting. (laughs) Riveting stuff. (laughs) Anyways, we're going to get on to the Pistons. 
Um, at least it wasn't a Jay Crowder. Dude, that's a good <laughs> pick. It's a good pick. Um, listeners, okay. please send in your thoughts. To who? We have not established a line of communication. Well, maybe if you do what, the Instagram, Instagram like your boss told you to. Your boss. Okay, listen. Pistons. The Pistons franchise. Um, first, my first thought on the Pistons, they should bring back the teal horse jerseys. But that's besides the point. Number one favorite player, I mean, obviously Derrick Rose. Yeah. Obviously, who else can you pick? Um, I hated Derrick Rose. Current, current player. Current, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hated Derrick Rose when he won that MVP in, what, like 2011? You hated him. I hated him. You remember that. This banana. I hated him. I you. Oh, thank you. I've been wanting this banana since we got here. I forgot I even had them until I looked to my left. Oh, man, this banana's sticky. I love it when they're this, like, a little bit brown, sweet. Do you eat the devil's nipple? What did you just say to me? Do you... <laughs> What <laughs> didn't want to repeat it when the guy was here, but I said, "Do you eat the devil's nipple?" Anyways, I'm not even going to dignify that that question with a response. Derek Rose, what a comeback! Such a <clears throat> these these are bullet points. How can you not like Derek Rose? He's improved as a player so much. He doesn't have that athletic jumping ability or whatever he had before. He's a better point guard, a better shooter, a better leader. He has better hair. Yeah, you know. Who's a better leader? Who's a better leader of a team? Derrick Rose or Russell Westbrook? Derrick Rose. Yep. That's the correct answer. Who's a better leader? Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul? Emotional leader, Russell Westbrook. I just, th- uh, that's a whole other question. Listen, Chris Paul's a better leader. Yeah. Russell Westbrook's that's a better emotional. I res- we respond to different things. Yeah. And so if someone's in my face like, let's go! Yeah! I'm going to be like, hell yeah. You're right. You're right. All right. So, um, obviously, my favorite old-timer is Grant Hill. As it should be. So, I have a couple of visuals for you. So I have a couple of Grant Hill stats at the ready right here, too. So, in his best season, he averaged... Well, his, his best point season, he averaged 26 a game. Uh, six rebounds and five assists, but he had a season where he literally averaged uh, 20 points a game, 9.8 rebounds a game, and seven assists a game, and that was in his second NBA season, which is crazy to me. He just hit the ground running. Uh, when he when he was in his prime, uh, MJ was retiring, yep. and they asked him who like the game whose hands is the game gonna be? You know what I'm saying? Whose hands is the game going to be in? Who's, I know what you're Who's going to be like your success? Who's going to be the next Michael Jordan? And he Dude, said... Dude, I understand what you're saying. What and you're he's, saying, explain it to the listeners. And he said... he's Who's going to be the next Michael Jordan? Who's going to be the face there of the league? Go. Yeah, I just who's said He's going to be the that. next ambassador of the league. The next face of the, the league. The face of the league. Yeah, that's what I said. Listen. Okay, I'm listening. I'm listen. I'm also eating this uh, delicious banana. Anyways, he said Grant Hill. <laughs> Grant Hill and Penny Hardaway. Which is really funny because it must have been like a Jordan curse or something because both of them just like, yep, just, they're like knees, legs, yeah, ankles went out. Everything. And uh, He was the LeBron James before LeBron James. He was, yeah. Six foot eight, athletic as hell. But I forgot, uh, let me look up. I think he got injured, I think in the 2000, 2001 season. And 
so the Pistons organization actually he got like in a huge uh, dispute with them because he thought they weren't treating him the right way. They, th- th- this is a quote from him actually. He said, I had been told everything was fine. I even found out certain team doctors were questioning whether I was really hurt, thinking that I was soft or whatever. This was after I had pulled myself from game two against the Heat. At that time when I found out I had broken my ankle, as crazy as it sounds, I was relieved. I finally had some confirmation. I finally had proof that I'm really not making it up. So he broke his ankle, went out there and played in a playoff game against the Heat. This is why I wish people would just listen to their bodies. Forget what doctors say. I mean, don't forget, but, you know, obviously take what they're saying into account, you know, but ultimately you have to trust your body. Yeah. If you feel something's wrong in your body, you have to get that addressed. Get second, third, fifth, seventh opinions. I don't care. Find something, something to to validate your suspicion. Anyways, are you done? Or you uh, yeah, so I'm just saying, I just want to point out that if they had actually treated him, treated his ankle that first time, he could he could have he could have been the actual face of the league, like Michael Jordan said he was going to be. Like that, those numbers were insane. Um, my most underrated, obviously Ben Wallace. Yeah, that's just, good, people yeah. forget about Ben Wallace. All the whole his career high in points for a season was nine point seven points per game. He never scored ten points or more in a he season. He was like a Dennis Rodman, really. He was Dennis. He knew his role. Yeah. Yes. So he was the reinforcer on the team. Yeah. Um. Oh. So, yeah, uh, my team, next team. Are you done with yours? I wasn't sure if you were so. done with yours. We took a little pee break. A little potty break. Um, I was the Pistons. Yeah, Ben Wallace is underrated. Yeah, there you go. All right. Um, uh, for my favorite past player, absolutely Steve Nash. Wait, what is this for? Suns? Suns. Oh, yeah, did I even say Suns? No. Yeah, Phoenix Suns, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about the Phoenix Suns. Uh, favorite past player, um, I think Steve Nash gets a lot of flack for the two MVPs that he got. Remember how controversial they were at the time? Yeah. How Kobe should have won one of them, if not both of them, or whatever. I The year that Dirk Nowitzki won MVP over Dwayne Wade when he averaged like 35 and 5. Right, yeah. I think it's a lazy argument when people use Nash's points per game, assists per game, rebounds per game, all that. Because it's more than that. It's way more than that to judge his overall impact. 2005 Suns with Nash on the court, their offensive rating was 120.3 points per game. First in the NBA. When he was off the court, 102.9 offensive rating. 26 in the NBA. In 2006, a similar situation. They were first in the NBA offensive rating, 17th in the NBA offensive rating without Nash on the court. With Nash on the court in 2007, first in the NBA. Without him, 24th in the NBA in 2007. 2008, it's, it's the same thing all the way until 2009. They were first in the NBA with him on the court, 28th in the NBA without him on the court. In 2009, first in the NBA with him on the court, 20th in the NBA without him on the court. So when people always use Nash's basic stats, like his points per game, assists, rebounds, all that, to say that he didn't deserve his two MVPs or to make him seem overrated, He's easily a top offensive player of all time. Top 10 offensive player of all time. His all-time great offensive impact, his scoring efficiency, and his all-time great playmaking ability. I mean, 
not only was he a lot of fun to watch as a player because he was at like a true point guard, like the true one of the truest point guards that's ever existed, but it showed in the impact stats for sure. So he also wet his hair before every game, which looked pretty iconic. Yeah, with his little little pretty little hand, headband. Anyways, yeah. So uh, favorite present player, I mean. There's either it's either DeAndre Ayton or Devin Booker. Fun fact: Devin Booker is 23 years old, and he scored 70 points in a game. That yeah, was, when he was like 20. That's crazy. Like 19 or 20. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Devin Booker is Tyler Hero's favorite player. That's who he wants to be like. Tyler Hero, get better role models. Uh, but uh, well, also, they went to the same college, and they like knew each. He went to Kentucky, and he like and he's a shooter. Devin Booker's a shooter. That's yeah. so. It's not like you know he's that type of player. So right. He's, I guess, yeah, that makes sense. He's given his uh, um, former teammate, you know, the goods. The and it's credit. cool. I I like when like players have such like different. You know, I want to be like that guy because of his ability to do this, 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 this. I think that's really mature mm-hmm. especially for who tyler hero is like he can be he can be that like if tyler hero said oh my role model is lebron james i want to be like lebron james like dude you're not you're clearly <laughs> not gonna be lebron james but that's a very good comparison yeah i mean devin booker has much more offensive weapons but his arsenal is more complete arsenal, so. yeah i know you're fine yeah uh and my most underrated player for the phoenix suns I ended up choosing Dan Marley. Thunder Dan. Uh, he was such a huge part of the, of the Suns um, uh, with uh, Charles Barkley and all that jazz. Speaking of the jazz, um, that's not... What that's a transition. Not, that's not on my list, but that was a smooth transition. Beautiful transition. Yeah, thank you. So, um, Of course it's not on your list. It's on my list. Why would I think it's on your list? Jesus, Gio. So, uh, the Golden State together. Warriors, who for some reason we already discussed, um, <laughs> the num- my number one player on the Warriors is, I guess, Curry. <laughs> Whatever. They're not very fun right now. Not whatsoever. Um, number two, my favorite old-timer. So You better pick a good one. You, oh, you better I'm pick a good one. I'm not choosing Nate Thurman because... First of all, oh, Jesus. Nate Thurmond was such a great defensive player, right? Dude, he played when blocks weren't a stat. Yeah. Yeah. How am I supposed to pick someone who was really good because of their defense, but they don't have the stats to prove it? So, no, I'm not going to. Plus, I watched videos of Nate Thurmond, and it was literally the most boring videos ever. It was just a dude doing, like, mid-range hook shots that weren't even cool looking. <laughs> so... My, my, I have three to choose from. Uh, Tim Hardaway. That's a good, good pick. Uh, Rick Barry. Another good pick. Which Rick Barry just is another one of like the basketball nerd. Joe <laughs> keeps making these faces at me. Rick Barry is just all the basketball nerds like know and recognize uh, his talent. He, he was like a 30 per game scorer. There's this white dude. Um, Austin probably uh, doesn't count him as a basketball player because he's white. Yeah, according to Austin, he probably wouldn't do well in like a church league. Or or, or Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> yeah, that would be a bad pick. No, when be bad. People think of Wilt, we think of, fact, we think of Philadelphia or the Lakers. 
I did not know that Wilt spent most of his career, not mostly, but like the most years he spent on a team is with the Lakers. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. I, I thought it was uh, Phoenix. Or not Phoenix, Philadelphia. Yeah, anyways. Most underrated is Monta Ellis. And he falls into a category of players. I'm going to get closer to the mic. He falls into a category of players, I was telling Gio before this, who were like just really, really good scorers. They could go out there and give you like 30. On, if someone asked him to give him 30 or 40, they can just do it, no problem. I, I was thinking about Antoine Jameson, but... <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever. But Monta Ellis was just so flashy. When Steph got Steph got drafted on on, to, on the Warriors, he, uh, Monta Ellis was um, the super. He wasn't the superstar. He was like the leader of the team, and he kind of came up. Steph came up under Monta Ellis, and um, after Monta Ellis retired, he actually said uh, the Warriors would not have won championships if he had stayed. Mm. So that's kind of, uh, I guess self-deprecating thinking from Monta but uh he was just realistic I don't know yeah he falls into a category of players like I said that are just like really great scorers not too great defensively but uh players like Kevin Martin Monta Ellis um I want to I'm gonna get a lot of flack but I want to throw James Harden in there is because he's just like an like a better version of those players he doesn't play defense he doesn't really do anything but score yeah yeah, he you know, you know you got to give credit to Harden. Low post defense, he's a pretty damn good low post defender. Yeah, it's just perimeter defense that he doesn't care about at all, or even uh, rim protection. He doesn't care if a guy enters the paint, but on, on the post, on the block, he can defend. Um, here's a fun fact about Nate Thurmond. I'm not saying that uh, Monte Ellis isn't uh, underrated. I think he's more underrated than Nate Thurmond. But a fun fact about Nate Thurmond. First player to ever record a quadruple double, which he accomplished uh, with against the Chicago Bulls. Got 22 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists, and 12 blocks. And another record he holds, even to this day, is the most rebounds in one quarter with an astounding <laughs> 18 rebounds in one quarter. Yeah. Uh, he made the all-defensive team five times as well as eight all-star games. So, And also, he's one of the first guys I point to when people say that the league was just full of unathletic dudes uh, before, like, 2003. These are all bronze sexuals. Uh, look at Nate Thurmond. Just look at him. Just Google image Nate Thurmond prime. You'll see how And, like, at tw- like 23 years old, he looked like he was, like, like a 45-year-old man that chops wood and drinks a beer and yeah. then pleases a woman yeah. at the same time. Or, like, Wilt Chamberlain. Just look at Wilt Chamberlain. Look at how... Athletic Wilt Chamberlain was in Chuck Taylor Lowe. Why do people like? Why did people like back then look just so much more masculine than now? I don't know. Like you don't see that anymore. Like right no, now, well, I like, think the well, average well, age of a player in the league back then was a lot older. A lot. No, older. but like there's pictures of them when they're like literally like 21, 22, and they're like, "Hey, what's up? I'm gonna chop some wood." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna chop down a Christmas tree and then carry it on my shoulders six miles back to my cabin and pour me a scotch you sound like will ferrell that sounds like a will ferrell kind of a thing all right last team this is the last team and then we're done thank god so i actually it's funny for today for today yeah this is not the last episode of the podcast i want any of you guys freaking out you know god forbid you hyperventilate have a heart attack but 
this morning when Yaroslav texted me, he said, please mention Brandon Roy for the Blazers. And I said... Uh, Are you doing the Blazers right now? This is the Blazers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, as it turns out, when I made this list uh, last week or whatever, I had already picked my favorite pass player, Brandon Roy. My favorite pass player, for sure, Brandon Roy. It sucks that he's one of those players that got injured, similar to, like, you know, T-Mac and whomever. Uh, and Brandon Roy had a six-year career. Like, a lot mm-hmm. less than any of those other players, and it's... And he was Crazy. clutch as shit. Yeah, he was Damian Lillard before Damian Lillard. Yeah, and then he, and then Yaroslav sent me a text this morning that was saying he told me a quote. Dame said, "Dame said that uh, I would lose handedly one on one with Brandon Roy." Which is, that's true. Yeah, that's saying something. Yeah, he Brandon Roy was in the MVP conversation every single year. Yep. It's crazy how similar. It's crazy. It's, uh, it's just so satisfying to know that. So Brandon Roy. Uh, was drafted in 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the sixth pick. Um, as soon as he left the Blazers, Damian Lillard was the sixth pick, and he like replaced Brandon Roy. So it was like sixth pick, Brandon Roy had his time, and then sixth pick, Damian Lillard just continued the legacy. Right. And they like never knew each other. They never uh, played against each other. It's just like so satisfying to know like. The Blazers got super lucky, and Very I really lucky. do hope that you know Damian Lillard brings a title to Portland one day. That'd be nice. I don't know when that will happen, though. Yeah, he's in, but a super competitive. I, I, I told Gio if I wasn't a Heat fan, I would, I would be a Blazers fan all the way. That shot that he hit against Paul George, the step back, almost half court shot. Every time I watch, he's Gio sent me that video. Every time I watch that video, I and when he waves goodbye. Oh, to the whole franchise. That's probably that one of my favorite bat. That's like my top three basketball moments of all time. What's your number one? I don't know. Maybe that. <laughs> it's Ray, just Ray Allen hitting the shot from Miami. Yeah, it might be. That's got to be up there. It's crazy for me to say this, but like uh, that wasn't my favorite era in Miami Heat history. It just wasn't satisfying to know that you, you had like LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and mm-hmm. Chris Bosh. It kind of got boring, you know, like winning like twenty three whatever whatever games that it was in a row. Is we were like destroying people, which just like wasn't satisfying. But yeah. like when we won that two thousand six title, we uh you know watching this Jimmy Butler led Bam Adebayo led team that's more satisfying. Uh, watching that team when we were uh, when we. Do you remember that one year a few years ago when we were like the worst team ever, and then we like came all the way back to 500 at the end of the year and missed the playoffs by, like, half a game. Mm. That was crazy. That was a crazy season to watch. So that's, uh, yeah, my favorite present player, Dame. We just did all the talking about Dame. Don't need to say anything more. He's, I think he's second only to Steph Curry as far as best shooter in the league. Yeah. You know, and that, I don't even know. You could, I mean, if someone said he's the better shooter than, than Steph, I mean, you could obviously argue that, but not by much, because Dame has proven. I mean, what's his field goal percentage at like, at that insane distance that he made Wasn't that it shot like against 40%? Paul George? It's like forty plus percent. Dude, I I told you, I literally pra- after that shot, I went and I practiced half co- step back half court shots for like a month because yeah. I'm gonna be like, I want to be like Damian Lillard, like I want to play pickup and just step back on someone from half court. It's just, uh, and yeah. then like wave goodbye to them. It wasn't even like a like a fun wave. It was like a, 
You know, like your fingers come into the bottom of your palm. Like that's how I'm gonna wave goodbye to people from now yeah. on. Yeah. So my most underrated player for the uh, Portland Trailblazers is uh, I I picked uh, Clyde the Glide Drexler. Yeah. He had a he got a quadruple double one time. Uh, yep. t- one time. Or He's a known times. as one of the greatest shooting guards of all time for sure. Everyone knows that. But like many players, his career was overshadowed by Michael Jordan mm-hmm. at the time. So he was unlucky in that respect. He was selected to the All Star game ten times and had seasons to reflect that. In the ninety one season, he averaged twenty six point three points per game, seven point four rebounds per game, and seven assists. For comparison. In, two, in the 0-10-11 season, LeBron James averaged 26.7 points per game, 7.5 rebounds per game, and 7 assists. And Clyde did that in a much more defensive era, where it's harder to grab rebounds, it's harder to score as much. And no one was taking as many three-point shots. So, you know, you got to keep that into account. Yeah. So that's that about does it. Yeah. Well, we did not expect for this to be a three-part series. Of, uh, it's 30 teams. It's 30 teams, but... Um, it's 30 teams. It's good. Well, when, it, when it ends next uh, next episode, I will be happy. Because so I, it is like, fun. It's it fun, fun, but... Uh, Take a deep dive. There's just no news to talk about in the NBA, aside from uh, now, apparently, the NBA is concerned that cases are spiking in Florida. And then also there's the drama with KD calling... Um, um, please tell me you've heard about this. You're looking at me like you haven't heard this yet. Um, KD called, uh, uh, almost like a little snacky snack. Stephen A has been talking about it all the time. Um, I'm going to Google it right now. Oh, come on, man. We can can edit this. I'm trying to edit Uh, this thing. uh, (laughs) I'm going to wave goodbye. That's... Probably the sound that it made when Dan. Kevin Durant calling out Kendrick Perkins for. Um, oh yeah, I did hear that. Hear about this? I'm not gonna. Play yeah, and then that. Kendrick Perkins was like, "Yeah, I love you, man. I love you. You're wrong. I love you. Yeah, but you're wrong. I love you, man. I always love We're you. We're brothers. You're wrong. Man. We're brothers. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, forgot to promote. Give us a subscription. Oh, son give of us, a bitch. Give us a little bit of five star. Give us a little bit of a review. Uh, refer us to a friend. Download Spotify. Download Google Podcasts. Don't, don't listen to us. Don't refer us to a friend. Recommend us to a friend. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is the end. Love you. We Bye. do not love you. All right. Absolutely do not. See I don't you guys know later. This is you. the ending music. Love you.